New York Artists Collective. And welcome to the New York Artist Collective podcast. This next one's about. Uh, this is the podcast where we interview an artist to discuss the creative songwriting process behind one of their songs. I am your host, Stephanie Manns, singer-songwriter and one of the New York Artist Collective producers. And today's guest is singer-songwriter April Rose. She is the lead singer of a rock band called The Rose Monarch right here in New York City. And April will be performing at our collaborative show with Women Crush Music at Rockwood Music Hall July 27th. And she's here to talk about their latest single, Co-Pilot. April Rose, welcome to the podcast and my glorious studio. I know, it's glorious. It is glorious. I feel glorious being here. It's a glorious day. <laughs> we have guitars laden across the walls. And um, dachshunds. Yep, dachshunds everywhere. <laughs> You're very familiar with my dogs. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for, for coming in and thank you for being part of this show with Women Crush Music. We're really excited to have you and we're really excited about the show, mm-hmm. celebrating women in music and all of the amazing things that you guys do separately and individually and then coming together to, to perform together. I think it's going to be a really powerful show. Yeah, absolutely. So April, you are front woman of the rock band The Rose Monarch. Yes. How long has that been a thing? Our band has basically been a thing since July 2016. Um, we actually went into the studio... As a different band, the five of us have been playing music together since maybe 2012, 2013, in a couple of different iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went to the studio and we worked with Ace Enders. We were sort of at a crossroads of like kind of what we wanted to do with our sound. And I wasn't really fronting, but I was sort of singing support. And then my buddy Kevin was singing more and we kind of had like a dated sound. So, but we wanted to do rock, you know, he kind of asked us like, where do you see yourselves at the end of your career? And we're like, we want to be in an arena. Like we want something big. So he's like, make your sound big, like make your sound huge. And he's like, and that means April should sing. Kevin should stick with guitar who through this experience, Kevin has become a fantastic guitar player and just a brilliant writer. And everybody sort of was now being utilized with their own strength. We sort of created the band through that experience. um, And we started writing the songs before we named the band. So the band name is based off of the way it sounds versus what it's supposed to be, which we always did it the opposite. We made a band name and they're like, all right, what does this band name sound like? Versus, Mm -hmm. okay, we just made music that is lush but strong. Okay, what are two words? Rose Monarch. So it's just more of like a linguistic thing versus like people make up their own definition of what it means, but... Mm -hmm. I assumed it has something to do with your name. Yeah, it sort of does. I mean, like, there's sort of the list of things where, I mean, that rose, I, I love the word rose. Like, I just love that word. And then monarch has sort of, like, a strange musicality to it as well, but there's strength to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically, like, put a list of words next to each other that would be that, like, lush and strong, and then just sort of mash them together. And then, yeah, I was surprised that, I mean, although, like, not everyone loved the name at first in the, in the band, I was surprised that that was the one that everyone liked because I was like, that does have something to do with my name in a, in a way. And, and you front it and it makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also it's like, I have my grandmother and my great-grandmother were both Rose too, so it's cool because it's like, is there is sort of is an ode to like females and I don't know, the history of women, like strong women, at least in my family. So there's sort of like a nice ode to that, if anything. But Yeah, okay, yeah. well I want to come on some more about women in rock music yeah, and yeah. so on. But let's talk about your single, your new single. So it's called Co-Pilot and it's coming out on June 28th. Yeah. So tell me about the song and how you guys wrote it and put it together and produced it. Sure. So this was interesting. Um, I was on a tour last summer and the guys took it upon themselves to be working um, and making a lot of really interesting instrumentals and just sort of working on uh, forming a more of a rock band type sound like through this. So they were sending me files and they sent me this really cool rhythmic pattern and it was the chorus and it was actually originally named uh, uh, (laughs) 
like appendix because Matt just got his appendix taken out. <laughs> so this whole this this was this thing this file called appendix or whatever. So um, they sent that over to me while I was in the back of a fucking Honda. Oh, should I not curse? You're fine. All right, fucking Honda. Okay, back seat of a Honda with a broken AC, and um, I just loved how rhythmic and how strong it sounded. It almost sounded like a love song, and it almost sounded like, but there was some doubt to it still. So I was like, I really like this. So this is one of the ones that I latched onto first, and so they sort of created the instrumental. So that's not always how we do stuff. So we all agreed that we wanted to start working on that, and. I took it upon myself to try to write a love song for the first time. I've never really done that because, I mean, all the love songs I write are always like sad love songs. Like they're not, they're like breakup songs more so. Mm-hmm. Aren't they always? Yeah, I mean, that's what the Rose Monarch <laughs> has always been. It's always been like, you fucking hurt me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to scream about it and feel strong after. Like that's pretty much the deal with the band. But yeah, so we kind of wrote this love song, but it, it essentially, my take on it was um, being in love and and feeling love, but also still not always feeling worthy of it. Mm-hmm. It's just working through that and being like really honest with the person. Like the hook of the song is basically like, I'll be here until you find someone who's better. Cause it's like, I feel like people don't like to admit that in relationships that they don't always feel like they're enough to be in the situation they're in. And when you do vocalize that, it could actually fix the problem versus make the problem worse. That's something I was going through then and put it into a sort of upbeat, lighter kind of song. People, I mean, the few times that we've played it at shows and whatever, people have really resonated with it. So that's why I felt like we wanted to put it out first because it was something that people were like, what is that? Like, what was that song? Mm-hmm. So um, I wasn't really sure about it. I've never really been sure about this one, but um, the fact that people really like it, I wanted to, I mean, we're an indie band. So the only reason we sustain is for the people who come to the shows and buy the music, and buy the shirts. So to me, it's like, it's in their hands. So if you and, like this song, it's for you. Yeah, you know? And when you say indie band, you mean independent versus kind of indie in the sense of indie rock. Or oh yeah, no, not, it's not an indie sound, but yeah, like completely independent. Like um, we still keep all of our money in a safe, like a cash safe. Don't like, tell people this on our podcast. No, nah, I'm not telling you where it is. <laughs> but like, it's not it's not an official process at all. Like, it's very like grassroots. I was gonna say sticks and berries. I have not heard of that term. But I think like just one level lower would have been grassroots. I don't think sticks and berries is a term. Okay. And let's let's keep it that way. Cool. I like it. Okay. Well, let's let's have a listen to the song and then we can have a chat after. Mm-hmm. This is the Rose Monarch and Copilot.
It's funny because um, I think when, I, when we were speaking earlier, I said to you, this, this has a real sort of no doubt slash pink feel to it. And, um, and, and my friend and I listened to it this morning and it was funny because we were like, this is so our era. It's like our mm-hmm, age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're 10 years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I could attribute that to, I mean, the first like, record I remember, record, CD, I remember putting in like my purple boombox with my mom while we were both blow drying our hair when I was like seven. I was little, but we were listening to Pink's Misunderstood, like that record. We were dancing. My mom was like blow drying her hair and I was in the next room like getting ready for school. And we'd be like, I'm coming out, so you better get this party started. Pink has always been such like a, she just always was so different to me. You know, she was up there with all the different pop stars and shit, but she was just always so different to me. Yeah, she, she was still not, is. And that was the whole point of Pink. Yeah, she was and I not just, your Britney Spears. She was not No, but she's so around. talented and it's so not contrived and it never has been. And she's just beautiful. I love her. But yeah, and then I always have gotten the, the Gwen comparison too yeah. which is also in the same there's really nobody else like her it's cool because they're both like strong quirky kind of icons in a sense yeah i mean i've always i've always loved pink more so i think than no doubt like i always like i think no doubt was a little bit before and my mom didn't listen to it as much so it wasn't in my boom yeah. box but yeah i mean i mean now too i'm, I'm listening to to all that but yeah that's cool that you think that yeah i mean in terms <laughs> of like female women in rock um maybe more who front rock bands it's still kind of, I wouldn't say limited, but there aren't as many. Oh, and yeah. I always, you know, and, and we are doing this sort of women crush music, and it is to highlight women in music. And I spoke to, to Katie Zaccardi, who is mm-hmm. who's part of Women Crush Music, and we were talking about the, the posters that, that are put up for festivals. And when you take the men away mm. out of these posters, <laughs> and, and you just see how many women are are part of it yeah. the numbers really really dwindle yes um, and, I, and it's not just to say you know it's, it makes it visible about the poster and about who, who they pick to play but I think it's sort of part of a broader issue 100% about women getting into music and being supported and being taken seriously yeah I mean it's funny too because I have this conversation a lot I'm very vocal about it I have a lot of opinions but I often keep them to myself especially at work and like um, I, I'm very careful with, I guess, how I, I share my opinion. But I mean, just on the tour that I was on, which was filled with incredible people, um, there was only myself, our female photographer, and our crew, and then one female assistant. Um, and the crew was the whole tour itself was probably close to like 25 people. Okay. And there was really only like one or two queer people, and then maybe three girls. And then the one, and then I overlapped the two, so I was the only like queer girl. We were in the opener, you know, and then we had a female photographer who was a friend of mine that I helped bring on. Yeah, like even just on the tour that I was on, there was really no female representation in that regard, and that was a huge point for us because I mean, people were every time I play like bigger venues or whatever, it's it's kind of always the case, and then it sort of draws people to me because they're like, "How did you get here? Like, how did you do this?" And I'm like. I literally have no idea sometimes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just tried to like 
you know, meet the right people and be friends with people. As far as like the women thing, it's funny too, because even still, like I played a show in Boston on Thursday. A woman from the venue was like, oh, is there any reason you might have to go backstage? Because she was giving out wristbands. I was like, well, yeah, I'm in the band. So I would assume that I'd have to go back there at some point. She's like, oh, like it's not really against her or anything, but we just need to change the language around women being in the space. You know what I mean? It's like things like that, like where it's just like- That's not language. That's assuming that you're not even- Well, yeah, but it's like changing. Yeah, like basically she could have, if even if she were assuming that I wasn't, which I don't know why, because I'm literally dressed like everyone yeah, else. I mean, you look like a musician. That, like, really yeah, I'm a freak. Like, look at me. Yeah. I don't. I don't work in a fucking office. And that's. Yeah, I, I've worked on that. I want to be like that. You know. You're not a freak. Let's oh, just thank you very much. Uh, I wear it proudly. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I really do. I certainly do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you know what I mean. So I mean, it's interesting because, and even we were in the car. We were getting like an Uber ride from Toronto in Toronto. And we're talking about being in the band and blah, 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 blah. And then everybody's talking about being in the band, like the four of us, the people in the band to the Uber driver. And then the guy's like, so what do you do? Like to me. And I'm like, he's like, what, like, how do you help? Is he I was thinking like, that you were the PA or something? I don't know. He thought I was some side hoe. I don't know. And I'm like, well, I play an instrument. I, I sing. And I sometimes I drive the van if everyone's feeling uh, yeah. confident, you know? So, I mean... That must be frustrating, like to. Deal it with is a little bit, and I, I try to explain that to people, and I especially try to explain it to my male cohorts. And I get half the time I get like, well, women just don't really want to be in these spaces, which I do understand. It's not really a glamorous thing. It's not very a comfortable thing. Being a woman and doing these things, like having your period two and a half, three times on tour, is terrible. Uh, and having like other, like I mean. Not that all women have to get their periods, but that's like one thing I know I deal with specific to being biologically female. And then, you know, some other, just some other sort of things and like feeling safe at rest stops, where you're staying, who you're staying with, how you're feeding yourself. Like we just have all these different points of like care that I, I don't really think that's to say that women don't want to be in these spaces. I think we definitely do. How do your male band members and, and male cohorts within the wider space of the band and everyone who's who's involved, are they aware of this, all of this stuff? Do they support you? How do they li like lift you up? Yeah, um, everyone's definitely aware of it, mainly because I bitch about it. And then they also kind of will like see it a little bit. Um, I mean, it's, I remember the first time I played in a New York City club, I was wearing a crop top. I actually changed the way I'm dressed because of the ways, the, the ways that I'm either re uh, received in these spaces. Does that make sense? So like- In terms of a male gaze or? Yeah, okay. so like now I kind of, definitely with my band specifically, with the, with um, with Kulik, we kind of are in more protected spaces because it's a bit of a bigger project, but like- So that, sorry, just to, just to in yeah, yeah. so you have your own band, The Rose Monarch, and you Yeah, and then I'm also playing, yeah, in Kulik. A band yeah. called Kulik. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a, a little bit of like a more proper like project where we have green rooms and like some, you know, it's a little bit more safe, I would say in that regard, like I can hide if I need to. <laughs> but, you know, when I was 19, I remember I was playing, I think it was like the bitter end or something. And like, I was trying to get my keyboard like off the stage and then just like a bunch of guys are just being like, do you need help? Do you need, but like not in a way of like actually wanting help. They were just sort of like pitying me and kind of making me feel like I was look like I was really struggling and like made me feel like really stupid. And they were like, they were saying, I don't know, I was wearing like a crop top and they're kind of like, oh, well maybe if you change, like blah, blah, blah. Like they're just making like all these like remarks about what I was doing. And like when I shared that experience with 
my male band members like they're sort of just like I feel like I'm more protected now like especially with the indie gigs like we always make sure that like there's two people behind merch or like if we're going to a rest stop like don't leave anybody behind like especially me like I just I just am vocal about that just because I mean just as a person too I don't want to really like be alone or affected so we kind of just are more aware to have everybody like each other's back but mm-hmm. I mean it goes for everybody my brother was like 16 and he got pushed up against the wall by this like weird drunk 40 year old woman being like I love drummers <laughs> <laughs> so my poor piece of ass little brother also gets it but you know it's, it's a little different he could defend himself so a little bit better than I can yeah, yeah experience I, but yeah. yeah it's it's still I mean like sexual harassment is sexual harassment exactly like exactly so but, I mean to a point everybody deals with it but I mean when I was younger I was yeah. way more afraid I got pushed in the face by a a drunk guy once just randomly he was like oh you're really good I was like thanks and then he's like you want to drink and I was like no and then he basically decided to respond by putting his whole hand on my whole face and just pushing me like away and nobody really asked him to leave but I was kind of like can you please ask this guy to leave and they were like well what happened I'm like, oh he's just drunk I'm like but that's my face. Like, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, well, I'm sorry. These aren't positive experiences. No, I know. But, but because of this and because I've been sharing it with people, like, I've known how to better handle it. And um, I don't know. The, the guys that I work with are all really just, I'm, I work with them because I love them. Like, I really do. Like, I feel a genuine, like, friendship and, and care. Like, we care for each other. When you go on tour with people, it's like you really become family and, like, you really, like, or even just meeting every week, like, my band we meet every week for like years and years and years no matter what's going on no matter who's breaking up with who no matter who's sick no matter you know no matter who who is mad at each other like shit at my home is not I mean because I'm in a band with my brother so it's like no matter what we always fucking show up you know and it's like there's something really ritualistic and there's a certain trust there that I have with the people that I play music with that I don't really have with anything else the support's kind of always been there. I guess I just have to be more... I'm usually just more vocal about, you know, what affects me. But at the end of the day, all they can really do is stand behind me and just continue to support me as a musician. Mm-hmm. And they do that. All the people that I work with do that. So I'm, I'm yeah. lucky enough. Well, it's, it's allies. It's having allies, whether it's totally. men to women or men to queer people. Or, or, exactly. Or and, like, my band, like, it's... I mean, I'm a queer woman, and we played a pride festival and my my guys were straight i mean they're they're four straight dudes they're so like open to just being like yeah let's do it let's let's go let's play i mean like there's no like oh cool great that would be a great show like that's a great audience for us like i think it's gonna like i don't know they're just very supportive of like what i want to do and like they have always bent to what i need or think we should do and i'm fucking insane so i mean i'm a lot to deal with i really am like such a pain in the fucking ass so I mean, just the fact that they're like, yeah, let's try it, or like, or they're honest with me, and they're like, no, maybe we shouldn't. Like, to me, it's just like, there's so much trust there, so that's great. We were also chatting earlier about women who have come before us, and I was saying that I'd watched this Joan Jett documentary, Mm -hmm. and what stunned me was then when she went solo, because I think, um, I forget her her name, who was originally the front woman of of that band, Mm -hmm. and then she left, and then it became Joan Jett, the Blackhearts, and then the band split. She had issues with the manager at that time, and she went off and did a solo career she said at the time there were 25 record labels <laughs> and she sent a tape because obviously it's tapes yeah yeah she sent a tape of five tracks to mm-hmm. all 25 all 25 <laughs> and they were there was they were both major and you know more yeah, minor yeah. independent labels and she was rejected by every single one Joan Jett the black cards and when you and she said and on the tr- on the tape out of the five four have been like top billboard hits yeah and they rejected all of them oh yeah going, we don't know how to brand you we don't know where to put you yeah um, always <laughs> and I just and I'm still I'm still to this day kind of stunned by that and then I'm thinking how many and that's that is a success story yeah how many people have we not 
heard about. Oh where, yeah, you know, I, like those I, hits would... I feel like that too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been so many things I feel like we've shopped or shown people and they're like, oh, well, you're too this and you're too that and, and like whatever it is. And that's why we've kind of remained. I like working with bigger bands and working in different spaces and different like tiers of work and musicians, but I kind of love the fact that we're independent to tie it in. Like producing this song that we did, we literally were like, we don't want to work with any producers. We don't want to work with anybody. Fuck it if it tar- turns out bad. We have the equipment. We think we know enough to do this right now. We're the five of us are just going to sit here and produce this song. And it's going to be totally us. And if people don't like it, fuck it. And we've never... Maybe that's like we're coming late to the party as far as rock music. But we've never really approached a, um, a project with this intention of this is for us. You know, and this is for us. And if... Because we notice that people are always going to have their opinion. If they love it, they love it. If they hate it, they hate it. But like as long as we love it, we'll be able to sustain and push it forward and put it in the space that it needs to be in so yeah it's funny because yeah like I mean there's so many different songs that like I like listen to differently just because somebody said one thing about it or about my writing like oh you're too you know you're too wordy or like no that's how my brain works like I'm sorry like there's so many different artists that I could say oh I don't like the way this sounds on their voice or I don't like the way they're talking too much or I don't like that word choice but like at the end of the day like that's what being an artist is it's crazy because there you're right I always think about that like who have we glazed over who is that person me is my is the song that I wrote years ago that I thought was a piece of shit like could that be something to someone or that's why I love playing new songs to people because they sort of guide what yep. or helps me guide like our fans the people who actually stick by us and understand us and understand the whole idea of the Rose Monarch like yep. that's why it's cool to sort of like instead of go hey Hey, record label. Hey, management. What do you think of this song? Like, I can actually ask the people who are listening to it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the one thing I do like about the indie world. So April, The Rose Monarch, what is coming up for you guys? So that song, Copilot, um, will be out um, by June 28th. So I think it's going to be out by the time yeah, that by the we're... Time airs, yep. Yeah, so hopefully it's doing well. Mm-hmm. The guys and I have like over 20-something songs that we're sort of in the process of working on, putting out. I'm working on all the visuals. Um, but we're basically just going to keep pumping out these songs. Hopefully every four to six weeks, we're just going to push them out and see what, what bites and... Um, we've been in a little hiatus for about a year or so, year and a half or so. So this is sort of something that we owe to everybody who's been waiting and been finding the music since then and asking about the new stuff. We're, I'm really excited to put it out because it's all very much so us. Mm-hmm. And that's and we're producing or self-producing all of it in our base, in the basement, getting it mixed and mastered. Um, so yeah, basically over the next year or so, you can expect to see a bunch of new singles and stories and gigs. some of them. Yeah, gigs too, mm-hmm. gigs too. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We're going to just work on the product right now and then see um, how people like it and see where it goes from there. Okay, so you're on Spotify as The Rose Monarch. You're yeah. on Instagram as The Rose Monarch. Yeah. Anything everywhere. else you want to throw in there for follow and support? Oh yeah, I mean my my Instagram is just arg underscore vox arg vox April Rose Gabrielle. I I don't know why my initials are arg, but it's very fitting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me. Awesome. Yeah. And if people want to see you, they can obviously come down to the Women Crush Music Show. Oh hell yeah! And you see yeah July twenty seventh. April Rose, thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to see you guys perform, and I guess we'll see you very soon. Yes, we will. The wonderful April Rose and her song co-pilot from her band The Rose Monarch. You can follow April. She is at ARG underscore Vox on Instagram and her band is at The Rose Monarch. Those links are in the details of this episode. And for more information on our upcoming show with hashtag Women Crush Music, uh, you can check out our Instagram. We are at New York Artists Collective and all of the details and tickets are available on our website, newyorkartistcollective.com. Next week, I will be chatting with Madeline McMillan, who will be performing the Women Crush Music show as well. And the show is at Rockwood Music Hall Stage 3 on July 20th. I'm Stephanie Manns. Thanks for listening.
New York Artist Collective.